This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Setting Sun Sake Brewing Company. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Josh Hembry, the owner and brewmaster of Setting Sun Sake. We're going to talk about everything having to do with sake and American craft sake scene in general. We don't know a lot about sake. I we definitely don't. don't. So, uh, Josh, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, not knowing a lot about sake is the perfect starting point to then knowing a little bit about sake. So. Good. <laughs> we're, we're, go. we're in the right place then, right? Good, good. That's, you know, not knowing anything about it is not going to keep us from sipping some sake. And from talking about it. And we've already got some <laughs> in our glasses. You know, Josh, we've done one sake show before. One of our sponsors, Truck and Tap. Shout out to Truck and Tap. They've been with us since the beginning. But they have a bar called Feast that's in an Asian food hall. And so they do uh, they do sake there. And we joined them and kind of got a little primer, went through some of those. We drank a lot of sake, and in order to remember what we talked about there, I'd have to go back and listen to our show because yeah, yeah, uh, right. there was sake bombs at the end of the evening. Sake bombs. And it's been a little bit of well, time. We had a good time. That sounds great, man. And uh, some of uh, craft beer is, is food pairings as well. So with sake, you just get more opportunities to have new new experiences with the food pairings, with the sake. Right. So hit it up. I love it. Well, that's because really the only thing I ever know to pair sake with is sushi. That's yeah. the only time I see it is at my sushi bars, you know, you go out there and, and Let's do talk, that. Uh, just right off the top, uh, uh, or before we jump in, I would love to take an opportunity to promote a, a collab beer we brewed, Punk's uh, Ales and Chula Vista, Kettle Sour IPA, with uh, fruited with mango and dry hopped with mosaic citra and uh, cashmere, and uh, we fermented it on sake yeast. Oh, okay. specifically it's out now and it's tasting great so if you hear this go to three punks <laughs> that sounds awesome there isn't there a big brewery in chula vista like uh, a major one because i feel like we've talked to someone in chula vista before. yeah do we, we have a station in chula vista we i think we're we have stations not too far away. in the area yeah, in the yes. in the area i don't yeah. know chula vista specifically though so. well if you're in san diego you can get to chula vista and that's uh, a great opportunity to try great beer Jumping back into sake, you guys talked about one of my chief concerns as to why I opened Setting Sun Sake in the beginning of one of the, the chief struggles I see for sake is um, most people don't encounter sake except in the confines of Japanese food. And right. they only think about pairing it with Japanese food. Uh, another one of the, the like tragedies is that uh, a lot of your sushi restaurants aren't um, owned by Japanese people. They're operating a brilliant business model, and I'm not denigrating it, but they're not showcasing the best things from Japan because um, a California roll doesn't exist in Japan. Sake bombs don't exist. Okay. In right. The, the idea of uh, taking your product and dropping it into an industrial light lager to chug or, uh, or the precision <laughs> point 
for sake is for a dollar. <laughs> These are the chief hurdles that people have when they're trying to kind of explore and uh, and and go beyond what's what's readily available. You know how you see in movies, people just walk into a bar and say, "Give me a beer," and that's right. it. You know, nothing just other than "Give beer. me a beer." Yeah. I think sake is actually like that for a lot of people right now. You know, when you go in, it's like, you know, hey, do you want to get some sake? And they're like, sure. And that's it. it the conversation doesn't go any further. You know, you get your uh, your little pitcher of sake to go with your California roll and your hot dog and whatever else is on the plate. And just go from there. <laughs> and your sauerkraut well, and everything right, else exactly. just normally comes yeah. on that plate. <laughs> I spent about a, 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 just under a decade in the craft beer industry working for breweries all over the world before I started setting sun sake and i really find that uh what's germane to craft is uh education you have to you have to tell someone why it's special for them to appreciate that it's special and uh with sake there's the the language barrier is a, is a huge one um just understanding what you, you're drinking you guys asked me at the top of the show or right before the show uh what to start with and i, I kind of tricked you with starting with the genshu uh, Genshu means undiluted or, or raw straight sake. So uh, you're drinking probably something in the neighborhood of like 17 or 18 percent. Oh, thanks, Josh. Start yeah. us off like that. He this got us nice and fun. loose. Yes, you're correct. On the back of the bottle, it says 17 percent. It's the perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 it's 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 so that you get drunker faster, and I become charming quicker. We're good uh, with that. Let's do it. It's already yeah. working. You seem so charming, so charming right now. <laughs> Enhanced too. Just as long as I repeat it, you repeat it. They might believe yes, it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The most charming and handsome. I'll use that as a tagline promoting the show. Yeah. The most charming and handsome guest we've exactly. ever had. We'll need to get a, a picture of that calendar we've talked about yes. beforehand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, this I, I'm enjoying this, and I did. Yeah. I mean, of course, you taste the alcohol in it. It is. It does have the booze bite there to it. But uh, again, as someone who knows nothing at all about sake, it's tasty. I it's, enjoy it. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's really nice. It's very enjoyable. It's uh, it's missing. I've had sake before where I thought, oh, I don't know about this. This is weird. This is very, I, I don't know how to say this in a weird way, but it's a un, unoffensive, very pleasing, very, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to say smooth, but it's unoffensive, very easy drinking it, very del delicate flavors. So it doesn't have okay. like a weird, like strong riciness or something like that, which I think okay. I might've gotten out of some inexpensive sake. I've gotten randomly at uh, Japanese restaurants over the years. My boy, Jack, uh, Jack lean at uh, sake one will love your guys' review. That was uh, from just uh, knowing nothing about sake and having a candid response to it. Um, I know he'll love that. And that's their, uh, that's their premium line. So it's, it's good. It's, it's good that you're liking it. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Yeah, like I said, I love something with a little boozy hit to it. Gives you a little warmth there. And I would agree, Brian. It's very pleasant. Uh, kind of subtle. It, you yeah. know what? To say something with a big booze hit is smooth sounds contradictory, but I would say this is very this is smooth. Yeah, you know, you, you're not getting a burn from it, which no, is nice. Warm, uh, the warmth. It, warm the warmth is definitely, definitely yeah. correct. I think a sake at 18% or at 16% drinks comparably to like a IPA at 8%. You know you're getting drunk, but it might go down really easy. A 12% IPA is usually where you're like, ooh, the alcohol on this is very apparent. Yeah, and, right. Uh, yeah. There's reasons for that in the sake brewing method that, you know, it's some of the things that I, I found magical about, um, about brewing sake. Good stuff, man. We've got so much more to learn, Brian. Absolutely. Well, we ought to get into the sakes of the week, Tim. Brian, 
as always, we have a great list of sakes <laughs> to drink right. this week. We've got great ones. I'm going to say the names of some of these, and Josh, feel free to chime in and correct me after I say each of these because I know I'm going to be wrong here. But uh, we have Kiko Masamune Junmai Teru Sake. Yeah. Was okay. All right. We have Wisaki Junmai Ginjo. 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 Okay. We have Saki One Joy, which is the one we're drinking now, yep. which is a Junmai Ginjo Ginshu. And we have one that we thought was a sake, but turns out to be a plum wine. Yeah. <laughs> which is Choya Umeshe. Umeshu. 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 Yeah. So we got it. It's got the little plums in the bottom of it, too. It does. <laughs> and you know what? I want to thank the Nest in Kennesaw, Georgia, for sponsoring our sake of the week. Because, right. <laughs> you know, you may not find a sake there, but you would find great beer and barbecue. So if you're in the area, go check them out. Smoked wings. We preach the smoked wings all the time. The Correct. burger and plenty of great. great, great beer. So definitely check them out. It would be a good time. You know, Josh, we've got just a little time left here. You mentioned food pairing. For this sake that we're sipping right now, what would this pair with? I'm going to blow your mind. I, I love to pair sake with cheese. You get yourself okay. a... Uh, Aged Gouda or aged cheddar, something with those tyrosine crystals in it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, those become umami fireworks, and uh, it, it'll make you seem like the smartest food pairing person in the world if you just pair a nice uh, Junmai with uh, any any cheese. Just to throw onto that, sake by virtue of its brewing method has more amino acids in it than any other alcohol, so it has more opportunities to compare and contrast. While you guys are experiencing it as, as subtle at this moment, you have to think about it like an IPA or a, a sour. The first like couple sips really is just getting your palate acclimated, and then it opens up beyond that. Sounds beautiful to me, man. You are listening to the Beer Guy Sake Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back right after this. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room, or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram next friday is hawaiian shirt day so you know if you want to go ahead and uh wear a hawaiian shirt and jeans now back to the beer guys radio show 
Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand. So if you missed the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now let's get back to Setting Sun Sake Brewing Company. Josh, after the dirty trick you pulled on us getting us to drink that that high-proof sake, we have opened another one here that is a Junmai Teru sake. Can you tell us, uh, the Junmai Teru, is that a brand name or is that the style of this sake? Those are great questions, man. And, and this is kind of one of those things where the ability to differentiate and kind of expand your knowledge on sake will will help with some of this uh, lingo or jargon, if you will. Junmai, J-U-N-M-A-M-I-A, Junmai? Uh, M-A-I, thank you, Kim. Uh, literally translates to pure rice. And so what it, what it's telling you about that is that they haven't added alcohol to it. They haven't done any special ingredients, no, uh, no, no fruit stored in the bottle kind of thing. And so Junmai means pure rice. It means it's the four simple ingredients for sake, rice, water, koji, and yeast. And then the word taru uh, tells you that it was barrel aged. Okay. It's similar to like uh, when you see whiskey barrel aged moniker on, uh, on a beer, you go, oh, that one's barrel aged. So when you see Tatter, you think, oh, that one's barrel aged. What are the uh, the common barrels that they would age a sake in and uh, have you age sake in barrels? So commonly it was c- it's cedar, and that's that's how I, I kind of hit you with that earlier before the show. I was like, oh, it's probably this. Traditionally, it's cedar. Uh, the masus, the wooden boxes that they serve sake in, uh, are also cedar. And if I could draw a corollary to fruit on Belgian wits, like the citrus on, on Mexican lagers, they're, they're kind of affectations of uh, obfuscating flaw, you know? Uh, so they, they're, they're there. To, you, you smell the cedar rather than the sake um, uh, is oftentimes why they'll, they'll barrel age it and, and kind of improve the flavor or improve the aroma or add to the aroma. Okay. So this one, my absolutely uneducated review of this or tasting notes, I'm going to say. First, it's lighter than the yeah. first one we had. Lighter on the palate. Banging pepper, just huge, huge pepper on there. And then I get the, um, like the woody, kind of a little astringency, a slight astringency of the wood, but. The pepper, I didn't, uh, it's, you know what, when you say that, I'm like, I get that, but I get kind of a, uh, there's a, there's a softness to this that I didn't get in the other one, like a, a difference in the body that, uh, I find pleasing. When you say pepper, do you mean like a phenolic spice or are you talking about like a jalapeno? This is like a black pepper, like freshly ground black pepper is what I'm getting. Really? Yeah. I would pair this with a steak. Okay. A big, nice steak. I think this would go nicely with it. I think it would perfectly with a steak. The blue, with blue cheese, a steak with maybe some blue cheese compound butter on top. Get that funk, the earth, the beefiness. I think this would complement that nicely. There is a certain little bit of funkiness to this that uh, I get the pepper. Uh, it's I'm, now that I'm looking for it, it's there. I, I got the, the I got the kind of a cedary woodiness. Pres- yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And that interesting soft softness to it that I I enjoy. There's a nice complexity to this one. I think for sure that the first one I don't know that I would say complex. It was pretty straightforward, but but nice. Uh, this one I think there's more layers to it. Yeah, there you go, professional. Soccer reviews by guys who know squat about soccer. Exactly. Sake. This is the one sake I've had the most of because I've had this several times at uh, okay. the local at the, the, the local Asian hopsticks. Yeah, hopsticks. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Exactly. Cool. So they usually have that in stock. 
So you asked if I'd ever barrel aged sake, and I've done extensive barrel aging here in uh, the time that we've been open. We've released uh, as a collaboration with McKellar. We we got one of their. Uh, I apologize, not McKellar. We in a collaboration with Ale Smith. We got one of their um, uh, Speedway. Speedway. Stout. Okay. Oh. Yep. Yeah. And aged it in that and uh, dosed it with coffee and chocolate, um, and released it as our Ronin Black. Uh, right now, I've got uh, Port Barrel aged sake that we fruited with blood orange, cherry, and cranberry. And then I've got our Baru Berry as a Chardonnay barrel-aged feral sake. Feral sake. Count me in. Uh, blueberries. And it drinks like a Beaujolais. It's very, very wine, very tart and tannic. Very nice. You say feral. What What do you mean by that? Kind of wild? Wild yeast yeah. involved in it? Okay. That is what feral, yeah. Okay. It's making sure it wasn't a term that meant something else, in, I mean, in the world of sake. Like the, like the musician? Pharrell, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Did you wear a big hat when you were making yes. this? <laughs> Josh, is what you're telling us right now, would that be absolute blasphemy in Japan? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah I figured it would. And that kind of leads into another question I was going to have, and we're kind of jumping way ahead. You know what? I am going to back up a little bit if that's okay with you, Josh, because we want to kind of set our table here. You mentioned you were in craft beer for a long time. How'd you get into sake? What got you started brewing sake? I was while I was working for Fuller's and I was in Chiswick drinking Fuller's London Pride fresh. Uh, you know, it, it was it wasn't a set and setting thing like a Corona on the beach in Mexico is going to be delicious. But this was this was more this was a, a crystallizing moment in my career in beer where uh, I realized that I'd never really liked Fuller's London Pride. And it had been recommended to me and, you know, in, in taking my sister on and doing the, the BJCP uh exams like it's it's a style iconoclast style beer that i just never liked and and through luck and circumstance i got hired as uh the craft beer expert um and uh went out there and and i was drinking it fresh and i realized what's missing uh from the beer is nothing it's absolutely perfect it's it's one of the best beers on the planet and what i was actually getting was something that it sat on a boat yeah it sat on sat on a boat, sat on a dock, sat in a warehouse, sat on a shelf. And if I was lucky, was six months out from brew day, but more likely longer than that. I had always enjoyed sake. And I thought to myself, craft beer is kind of spinning out of control with, you know, multiple breweries opening all the time. I, I knew I wanted to open my own craft sake or craft brewery at some point. And I thought to myself, uh, sake seemed like the coolest thing to do. So cool. that, that, yeah. I was in craft beer and I, I got to sake. I can expand on that. But now, were you a big sake consumer before you got into actually brewing and producing it? No. Okay. Really. I mean, I've I've always enjoyed it, and it's it's the same thing as most other Americans is that you have sake when you're around a sushi spot or right. you know eating ramen, and, and you know it wasn't really until I started brewing it myself that I. I started doing more and more food pairings, and to be honest, I I had felt that I had um, achieved my goal in craft beer in the way that you know I was part of a gold medal award-winning team for a beer at GABF. I worked for amazing, uh, I, you know, I built my my credentials working for Stone Brewing in Escondido, uh, Palander Hucker Shore in München, uh, Fuller's in, in London. Uh, came back i worked for belching beaver which is a great experimental sure. brewery yeah i believe i learned a lot from their sour program there you probably um, know our old buddy mitch still then huh you just said <laughs> yeah yeah so mitch, he, whether or not he acknowledges me, uh, me i i okay 
we work together at Stone. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, so very likely. Um, yeah, I I love Mitch. He's great. I, I one of my kind of fav, favorite favorite moments was uh, I was working at Black Market. That's the brewery I broke in at uh, and started brewing. Uh, and we were I was still homebrewing, and I homebrewed uh, um, sublimely self righteous and gave it gave it to Mitch, and uh, he was like, "Wow, this is a really fresh batch." And it's like, I "Got you." Homebrew. Uh, home I was going to ask you if you had tried homebrewing sake before you got into professionally brewing sake. Is that even doable reasonably for a homebrewer? I think homebrewing sake is far more forgiving than, than homebrewing beer because it is uh, uh, incredibly oxygen tolerant, as in okay. destroyed by uh, oxygen. Interesting. See, I had I had no idea. I really thought that that would be a special process that would be very difficult for folks. So when I was googling, when okay. I was googling info for the show, I ran across a place that had a link to their homebrew sake kit, but I got a four hundred four air when I clicked the link. So it was out there. I, I got that actually from the uh, nor the uh, Sake Brewers Association of North America. They yeah. had a link, but it just didn't. It wasn't there anymore. But we can talk more about that yeah. in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are talking American Craft Sake with Setting Sun Sake, and we'll be back right after this. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. The best brewmasters are obsessed with creating a high-quality, consistent product. That means reducing mass viscosity for better wort separation and increasing brew house efficiency. Ultra Flow Max from Novozymes helps you achieve both. It is time to brew with enzymes. Increase your brew house efficiency and achieve faster filtration today with Ultra Flow Max from Novozymes. Order a free sample today at www.brewingwithenzymes.com slash beerguysradio. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram boy that escalated quickly i mean that really got out of hand fast now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kvta news talk 1590 am and 97.9 fm in ventura california catch beer guys radio on kvta every saturday at 12 a.m. Now let's get back to Setting Sun Sake Brewing Company. Setting Sun Sake, Josh Hembry, thanks again for joining us, man. We are having a blast learning about sake here. We've been sampling quite a few sakes. I'm going to give, I'm going to do my review much quicker now because we got a lot to talk about, but we just opened up We Sake, and one of the first tastes I get in this one, I get licorice. Licorice, okay. I think I was just smelling that as you said that. Yeah. Or maybe the, yeah. it's the power so of suggestion. It's light, you're right. it's light, a little fruity. With a little uh, licorice hit there. This has the lightest flavor of it, of it any of them. It's uh, compared to some of the other ones, the the other two, I think it almost tastes watered down, but I wouldn't say that, you know. Right. But, uh, 
it does it does deliver some really nice enjoyable light flavor yeah it is it's tasty i enjoy it josh we wanted to talk to you a little bit more something we talked about just before we got into the break homebrewing sake so yeah you talked about a homebrewing website that didn't work and one right. that i love is uh fh steinbart fh steinbart okay they're out of the pacific northwest and they've been supplying sake homebrew kits for I mean, more than a decade, as far as I know, and uh, they uh, they source their koji from Sake One. Okay, so okay, okay. You get professional grade koji in your homebrew kit. Um, in previous uh, interviews, I've I've thrown it out there that uh, if you guys email me, Josh at Setting Sun Sake, I'll try to make uh, uh, my koji available to you if if possible, uh, or if you have any sake homebrewing questions, uh, Josh at SettingSunSake.com. I I believe that the uh, reason why craft beer got so big in America is because of the homebrewing influence that really guided the professional brewing scene that we see now. And uh, I would love to build the uh, homebrew community of American craft sake. You know, that's it's interesting you bring that up, Josh, because when Brian and I started homebrewing many years ago, one of our favorite styles is Saison. And uh, re- I really like uh, New Holland's uh Monkey oh. is it, is it, it Monkey, Monkey King? King or? Monkey yeah. King, New Holland Monkey King, and I emailed the brewer there because I wanted to make the perfect recipe, and I said I really like your your saison. Can you give me some tips here? And we emailed back three or, three or four times and got that. And to make a long story short, we ended up developing this into what would have been our flagship homebrew, and probably won half a dozen medals with it yeah. or so. Yeah. Different variations. We did a peach variation. We did a a feral variation. You know, <laughs> a as you feral say, feral one indeed. Uh, yeah. But the it was really key to us that brewer to get us started. And other brewers were so kind to offer their info to help us progress and get better. I, I don't believe in magic, man. Like uh, we all have the same access to the exact same ingredients. We all have the same yeast banks. We all have the same water profiles to build from. I mean, even if we're not, you know, regionally the same water, we all, you know, need to change our water profile to match whatever style we're trying to emulate because brewing is a lot like being a cover band. And, uh, you know, when you start to think that your, your cover band is so cool that you can't share the secrets, you forget that it's actually a cover band. Right. (laughs) Yes. You know, I'm going to ask a question here from one of our listeners and, uh, Kim, Kim, forgive me if I get your last name wrong. Roxas, Roxas or Roxas, R-O-X-A-S. Kim asked, uh, because I've heard that sake is closest to beer, even though it's kind of considered a wine. So what are the main differences in sake and beer brewing? Well, I'm going to throw down one of those uh, uh, Uno uh, turnaround cards and ask you a question that, to preempt my answer. If you had to explain to somebody else, after this, you interviewed a guy who makes sake, and they go, oh, that's cool. What's that? You go, oh, well, sake is, and then go. Uh, sake is a, a you know what? I'd probably beverage. say rice wine. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can say that. I'd probably say it's a... A fermented rice wine, and I probably would throw out the minuscule amount of info that I know that it's not brewed with yeast, but rather koji. Koji. That, yeah. uh, you know, that's so that would probably be my description. Wait till the end of the show, and maybe I'll have a better one. As, as I understand it, the koji also has it involves enzymatic breakdowns that help the, the, the fermentation process that's not available in the, the current yeast. But I'm not a I'm not 100% sure of my understanding of koji, and I, I'm curious if there are multiple varieties of it or. What it, what it, it's not the same thing as the beer yeast, right? So those are all great things, man. I love that we laid down a lay, uh, like a base point of knowledge that I can build from. Uh, one of the things you said is rice wine, and I think 
colloquially, we all refer to sake as rice wine, uh, but that's because of bureaucracy. Um, strong beers over a certain percentage get a uh, moniker of what their base is, yep. and then the tag of wine. So it's either uh, rye wine, uh, uh, barley wine, uh, wheat wine, rice wine. It, in, in cider, you even find the exact same parallel where strong uh, apple cider becomes apple wine. When we talk about uh, what we call sake, uh, it's brewed most similarly to beer, but it doesn't have hops in it, which is one of the things that ultimately separates it from beer. Uh, when you say wine, a lot of people think, oh, it's got fruit in it. And especially because sake is clear and it's served in little cups, you think, oh, it's a shot. But it's just drink drinking cultures are different around the world. In, in Korea, they have their beer drinking is small glasses that you drink fast and repour it refill fast and and so the small the the small glass or whatever is just um, an affectation of region regionality. Okay, so they're having two ounce shots, but they're having twenty of them. It's like a Kolsch service, except with a, a with, rice rice go. beverage. You know what? <laughs> I support this. I love That's a Kolsch service. So I, no arguments. So so the ba base question is how is sake brewing different than beer? There's four simple ingredients in beer: um, malt, water, hops, and yeast. There's four simple ingredients in sake. Um, and because sake is uh, a nationalized thing in Japan, uh, they have something uh, akin to a Reinheitsgebot that requires a certain polishing on the rice and an exclusion of all other ingredients in order for us to call it sake. Other than that, it's called a, a plum wine or a, a, a citrus liquor. They have other euphemistic terms that uh, segregate it from sake. But for it to be called sake, the rice has to be uh, polished to 70% uh, semi-buai, or a polishing rate of 70% remaining, 30% removed. What is uh, polishing? Yeah, what is that? After growing and before brewing. Here in California by the Sun Valley Rice Growing Collective, and they, uh, I have access to many different varietals of rice, although I specialize, or I, I focus on Calrose rice. Calrose rice is a Japanese style of rice grown here in America, and the reason why it's called Calrose is designed to grow in this, in this region. Um, what you're looking for in a sake rice is a, the short rice. Long grain rice, the, the wild rice just wouldn't work because the outside of that rice has uh, proteins and lipids tend to lend to off flavors in sake production. So you polish away the rice, removing the bran, chaff, and endosperm of the rice kernel itself. All rice is brown rice. One love. I, I like throwing that out there. In One every, love, man. One, One love. love. But all rice is brown rice. It's the degree of polishing that removes the, the, the color, the bran and chaff, the husk outside of it. And the reason why they're polishing it down is to get at what's called the shimpaku, or the, the white heart is the translation of that, and that's the pure starch center. So since you've removed the endosperm as part of the bran and chaff on the outside of the, the rice kernel, you're removing its inherent or endogenous ability to convert itself. Um, you're removing, just like with a malting grain, it, it's been blasted away by the, the rice polisher. And uh, so the rice is polished, sent to me. I uh, gelatinize it to, uh, to hydrolyze it or make the, the carbohydrate available to be enacted upon by the koji enzyme. So we've got rice, water, koji, and yeast. Our rice is polished. Koji is uh, the Japanese word, K-O-J-I, for aspergillus aroise, uh, which is the scientific or Latin term for rice mold. So I'm just going to call it koji because it's more romantic. Right. And water and yeast are the, 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 the final ingredients of that four. 
there is actual yeast in sake. And if you were to think about sake yeast going through what the animals of Australia went through with a, a different selection pressure. So rather than looking for this phenol or, or that uh, ester, it was top cropping it was, or top foaming. It was uh, non-foaming that other different pressures, but it's a Saccharomyces strain. It's just a different type of Saccharomyces. Crazy stuff, man. Yeah, it's really interesting. So much going on there. Interesting, interesting. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are talking craft sake, all sake with Setting Sun Sake, and we'll be back in just a minute. Football season is here, and holiday parties are right around the corner. The Nest Kennesaw has you covered for both. Their new covered patio is perfect for cheering on your team while enjoying some great craft beer and keeping a safe social distance. When you're ready to schedule your next party, the Nest can handle big and small requests on-site or off-site at their event venue. Whether you're planning a weekend with a few friends or a party for 100, visit thenestkennesaw.com and make your plans today. Headed to the Battery in Atlanta? Be sure to check out the Terrapin Atlanta Brewery and Taproom. Whether the Braves are playing at home or on the road, the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom is always pouring all of our locally brewed Georgia beers like Hopsecutioner and High and Hazy, while also introducing small batch R&D beers created on our five-barrel pilot system right inside the Braves Stadium. And if you're looking for great food, we've got you covered with Fox Brothers Texas-style barbecue. Stop by and see us today at the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom at the Battery Atlanta. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Setting Sun Sake Brewing Company. Josh, we've had a great time chatting with you here. It's amazing we're going into the last segment of the show because I feel like there's so much more we could cover here. I feel like we could have a really long conversation. I did want to ask you a couple questions about just kind of sake. And this comes from Stephen Pete, one of our listeners and local brewery owner here in Atlanta, Kettle Rock Brewing. But he asked a question. We were also curious about the ABV range. What is typical ABV for sake? Cool. Well, I definitely want to finish up on the uh, the uh, brewing. We still of- got more there. Okay. Go right ahead. Sure. We, we just went through the uh, the four ingredients being rice, water, koji, and yeast. Okay. If you like a Junmai sake, if you enjoy it, it's, it's really because you're enjoying the relationship between uh, the, the raw materials and two biological agents. So one of the things that makes sake different, um, sake is a complex fermentation as opposed to uh, a simple fermentation like beer, wine, mead, cider. Simple, not in that they're easy to do, but that they're linear. They have a starting uh, sugar content being bricks or... or uh, uh, OG, just gravity. O- the Original the, gravity, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Play-Doh, that sort Play-Doh, of thing. Yeah. Play-Doh bricks, right. Original, and then you have your terminal, and your attenuation from there is usually indicative of your ability to execute that style of beer, right? Because it has to have a certain range of ABV, a certain amount of body and uh, unfermentables involved in it. And you want it to dry out completely so you're delivering a stable product. Um, with with sake, uh, there is little to no original gravity and theoretical terminals. 
So uh, that 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 means that like we have the ability to ferment naturally up to eighteen and nineteen percent without uh, overstressing the yeast in the beginning, with it being uh, uh, super high gravity and collapsing the yeast under too much pressure, um, or or uh, just by virtue of its fermentation style, it's it's not producing uh, stressed or rushed alcohols, which are those more fusel or long chain alcohols. Right. So sake is uh, because of the way it's brewed, it uh, it's slowly spoon fed sugar uh, and and aerated. So the, some of the things that I think are magical about the sake fermentation process over uh, over beer brewing is the um, protracted days of production. So in beer, you can batch a beer in about eight hours, and it takes about two weeks grain to glass for a simple beer. Uh, for sake, it's it's like two weeks of brewing with multiple brew days, uh, three to four brew days, and then about three months grain to glass. When you, oh, wow. When okay. you're actually doing the fermentation stage, is that, <laughs> like I know with wild beers, um, it's not as predictable. Like you're, you, you can't say I expect terminal gravity by X date with sake. Do you know, Hey, when I start fermenting this, it should be done in six weeks or do you just kind of listen to the sake? Uh, I like to listen to the sake, but you're, you're, you're (laughs) happen pretty much lockstep. So something that's really cool for homebrewers, something that's really cool for beer nerds, um, is the, the, the first couple stages of sake. So in the brewing, and I'll just talk about my brewing method and my recipe specifically rather than sake globally. But in my recipe, I start with, uh, so there's, there's four brew days. And the first one is the moto or the, the mother batch, and it's the start. And it's the, uh, the only time that we add yeast. But we're adding 10% of the total grist of grain. So 10% of all of my kojimai and kakimai, which are my koji rice, and my uh, uh, brewing rice, uh, and then 10% of the water. Uh, and so it starts out as a small batch. Wait about four days, and we add 20%. So we're adding more rice, more koji, and more water. And then we wait another uh, two days, and we add 30%. We're adding more rice, more koji, and more water. And what this is doing is it's any alcohol production during that time, it's lowering the amount of alcohol in total suspension or alcohol, alcohol by volume making it softer and easier for the yeast. It's adding more oxygen, maintaining an aerobic fermentation, and it's adding more uh, enzyme and and potential sugar. It's slowly spoon-fed all the ingredients over a a, a long process. It's a grain-on fermentation. So uh, the koji interacts with the the rice, slowly um, breaking it down or liquefying it, and slowly exposing more and more potential sugar to to add into the, uh, the sake batch. Over like the three to four week fermentation phase of, of grain on solids, kind of the, the rice will disintegrate in batch. And then you have to press it, separating the uh, kasu or the sake lees from the sake. Everything that comes out at that point is sake. All sake is filtered, though a lot of people will refer to as uh, nigori sake as unfiltered. It's just less filtered. They, they leave more of the sake lees in. At that point, uh, one of the things that's cool with sake is, or unique to sake and different to beer, in beer you can never f- a pale ale recipe enough to get a Baltic porter. It just, it can't happen. With sake, the recipe is kind of a, a meta recipe, and then be, the nuances are kind of done later. And so the more, the, 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 the more you do to sake after the pressing point, 
the more specific you get. If it's not been pasteurized, which I love to specialize in nama sake, nama sake is unpasteurized sake. If you can find it, uh, it's it's available in the States if you can find it. To me, it's, it's my favorite style of sake because similarly to boiling honey, you volatilize off all the delicate compounds that you would like about it, though they oftentimes have to pasteurize it to get it here to the States. You're paying more to get the Nama. <laughs> and see, and then you have the thing like we were talking about with beer, even at its quickest, you got to get it across the ocean and sure. turn all of this. Yeah. So uh, that's something, man, complex stuff. Sake is Nama. You've got unfiltered sake. is still filtered from the, the Kasu, but the, the sake leaves in it is, is Nigori. Um, at that point, it's Junmai, right? Junmai means pure rice. There's nothing in it. Uh, after pressing, we, we let it go through a lagering phase to, to rest and, and kind of re-ferment and get stability so we can package and, and ship. At that point, we'll add hops or fruit purees or barrel age it to, to create any of our American sake traditions or, or productions. Interesting I'm stuff impressed there. They, they, they hop some sake. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. I know when he said earlier he was talking about, you know, the things he did. Blasphemous in Japan, but that's the way we were all here. In America. Exactly. But we can't get away from that ABV question. No. we got to get that answer. ABV. <laughs> sake ABV. Where are we landing there? So to answer that question, sake naturally ferments up to 18 to 20-ish percent. And uh, right after you press it, it's referred to as genshu or, or undiluted sake. And if you get a genshu, you're getting an undiluted sake. But those are uncommon or more special. And commonly, sake is at the 15 to 16 percent range and then for me for american sake we we get lower in abv we've got uh you know our phd or our pomegranate hibiscus and green tea and eight percent are there sakes that are brewed is your eight percent a quote session sake we like to serve our sake in uh wine glasses or we have really nice you know seven ounce glasses uh we do wine pour sizes because it's big alcohol small pours but uh uh, generally, a wine glass will be your best thing to drink sake out of. It'll allow you to open it up and, and smell it and, uh, and and get all of the um, all of the the experience. The choco and takuri is uh, used for hot sake service. So while those tiny glasses have uh, have commonality in sake, it's for a specific type of service and not okay. ubiquitous across all sake. And that's something that we as Americans mess up. And we're using these little glasses, which are really meant for a specific specific type of service, correct? Uh, yeah. Well, I, the, oftentimes the hot sake is served that way. Yeah. If you serve sake in a masu, they'll, they'll put it in what looks like a shot glass commonly. Uh, and that the masu is just to collect as they pour all the way to the rim. Uh, and that's another serving tradition. So eschew all that and drink it out of a wine glass and you'll, you'll get just as good of an experience, if not. Uh, a better one. Now, what if it's October and I have a one liter mug? How long, how long do you want to be uh, alive? You know, that's well, open for discussion. You, it's like, it's, yeah, we can the dice. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thinking, uh, it's our Ronin clear if I'm going to promote setting sun sake. Yes, do it, man. Do it. Uh, it's going to be icebreaker is going to be my favorite Genshu right now, but you won't laugh through that whole leader. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. So, Josh, you know what? We are out of time, man. We've got some great info here, but I want people to know if they want to know more about Setting Sun Sake, what's the best way for them to get that info? Uh, Setting Sun Sake on our Instagram, Facebook, uh, website. Hit us, hit, hit me up, Josh, at Setting Sun Sake with any sake homebrew questions or sake questions in general. That way people can interact or get their answers, you know, directly from 
Man. From the source, man. Yeah, Good get stuff. it from the source. Josh, thank you so much, man. We really had a great time chatting with you. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week as we talk to Primitive Beer. And you know, Brian, it's not just sake you can serve hot because these guys serve hot beer. Hot beer as well. Yeah. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.